This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Mr. Dot Commer on WEI.com. Another win for the Patriots, 36 to 13 over the then first place Tennessee Titans. Um, I, I guess it has to be another pretty positive podcast. You beat the first place team by 23 points. You know, you have all those points. Your defense only lets up 13. Pretty good performance, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's another game where you look at the final score and your your mind says, well, the game really wasn't what that final score looks like. Halftime, 16-13, you give up 270 yards rushing, including the big run at the end of the second quarter that makes it 16-13. But then as I step back for the here of this year where all these teams are losing games they shouldn't or in like ugly dog fights filled with mistakes, you got to say it's another take care of business, whatever type win, however you want to describe it. And they won six in a row. They're eight and four. They're in line to win the division, win the AFC. Like the players always say it, give themselves a chance or an opportunity moving forward. Um, So you just, you kind of got to, I guess, look past the, the negatives, even though Bill will look at the negatives, although he kind of looked past them too. Made a comment with our morning show this morning about you know you take out the long runs and that change it. Well, not really. Giving up 180 is on the ground is still bad. Not as bad as 270, Bill. I agree, but still bad. Um, I I just say I I think whatever the pie breakdown is, do you feel good? Do you feel bad? Positive, negative? It certainly swayed heavier towards the positive, right? I don't know if you say 70% positive, 30% negative, whatever the breakdown would be. Um, I will say, if the Titans get Derrick Henry back and A.J. Brown back, I would not want to face them in a playoff game. No, they're the, I was looking at their schedule, too. It's pretty easy coming up. They're the they're in the best shape, I would say, of their AFC teams, as long as those guys, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, get back healthy. And Derrick right. Henry, who knows what happens. But just getting those receivers back is a big help because they had no one yesterday. Yeah, they had, they had nobody. And we knew that. We knew that was the situation. Um, and they still fought hard, although – it was all on the ground. I mean, Ryan Tannehill basically didn't didn't do anything. And you get a hundred yards passing, right? So it's funny. He goes back. You take Derrick Henry away. He goes back to being just a 
jag journeyman type quarterback, not the MVP candidate that everybody tells me he is at various times. Um, but yeah, I, I think in the end, you have to just give them credit for continuing to win. Like that's the bottom line right now is winning, whether there's beauty points or whether it, you know, makes you feel better about future games. And I thought it was interesting that McCordy wasn't even really asked about that. He was asked generally about confidence. And he said, confidence isn't week to week, you know, from win to win. Confidence is during the week, mm-hmm. preparing for the game against the specific opponent. And that's interesting. That that would, I guess, sort of articulate the win or lose. It doesn't matter. The next week is its own entity. So the fact that they gave up, you know, 270 on the ground really doesn't matter going against the Bills, nor does the fact that the previous few weeks they've given up, you know, 70 yards a game on the ground. It's, it's a different week. So I guess the big picture takeaway, another good game for Mac Jones. Like I, I saw sort of negative um, Twitter chatter about him a little bit, and I don't really understand it. Uh, I think it was nitpicking some of the sort of taking the cold storyline and saying, well, he missed some of the throws because of the cold. And I thought that was the true. I thought he missed some throws that he could, he, that he's made in the past. I'm not going to blame on the cold, but I mean, I guess as a, if you're really nitpicking like an overthrow here or there, like then that's a good thing. Like you're not I nitpicking. also think we romanticize the quarterback position based on like end results or who the person is. My, my I always go back to the same example. First of all, I watched Tom Brady for decades make terrible throws, hit linebackers in the hands that drop it, and on the next play he throws a touchdown, and it's like, oh, great, yeah. And the, the example I always use is Joe Montana in the Super Bowl against the Bengals. Right before he throws a touchdown, he hits a linebacker on the goal line in the chest. The guy just happens to drop it. Like, that changes the whole – but now, no, Joe Montana is perfect. He doesn't turn the ball over in the Super Bowl. He doesn't lose Super Bowls. So we get, yeah, did he miss, did, did Mac Jones miss uh, Hunter Henry? Sure, he missed Hunter Henry. Was there a two-play stretch there in the third quarter where he had that ugly throw into the ground and then he tried to throw a pick on the next play? Sure. I also think most quarterbacks do that at some point during almost every game. And some of them have been doing it with regularity. Matthew Stafford, who's supposed to be like the perfect QB with the perfect coach now for the perfect offense for the Super Bowl. I don't know. Watch the Rams games. He stinks. He's been throwing picks in his own end, giving up touch. Like, so, I mean, Mac Jones has no running game, no running game at all to speak of. He, looking back at it, either scored or put his offense in position to score on nine of 10 possessions, nine of 10 possessions. I don't know how you can, Forget rookie quarterback. I don't know how you can ask much more out of any quarterback than sure. Red zone wasn't good enough. They'll work on that. They need to score touchdowns, not field, but nine of 10 possessions. You were in position to score points. Like, I don't know. I think that's pretty damn good. And I'll still say, Oh yeah. Kendrick Bourne's great. Kendrick Bourne had a tremendous game, two touchdowns, one on a great catch, one on a great hustle run play. They don't have weapons. I mean, they don't have play like, so I don't know how you can be nitpicking Mac Jones at this point. Mac Jones is really freaking good for you right now. What do you make of the receiving from the game? Because obviously that was going to be a uh, big emphasis going in because the Titans defense very good against the run, bad against the pass. They're going to throw the ball. Um, like is Bourne emerging as a wide receiver, like their second wide receiver? Because like I look at Aguilar. Basically did nothing. When you look back at the statue, three catches, 20 yards. And okay, but at least you're doing something. It's only like Nikhil Harry last year where he's on the field for, you know, 70 snaps and doesn't have a catch. 
Like, what do you make of their receiving options right now? And do you have more confidence than you did maybe a month ago? Uh, marginally more confidence. And I can't rule out Bourne becoming the playmaker that we've talked about, that they need. Somebody mm-hmm. that can make a play, flip a field. He's the guy I would now put it on. I thought Jacoby Myers had a nice day, probably a, a, little, a level above nice for him, up 90 whatever yards, up near yeah. 100 yards receiving. If you get that as your, what he is, possession guy, targets guy, and then, and because he made a really nice catch on that uh, near Bayard interception, jumping, falling back, really nice catch. But you're going to need plays like Bourne, that 41 yard touchdown, which again, I'll give Bourne credit. I'll give Myers credit. But Mike Rabel must have been, especially right in front of him, too. Right in front of him. Hey, Titans, I know they say that the sideline is the 12th defender. He's part of your – you can't actually count on the sideline to make the tackle. You need to push him out of bounds or tackle him. It was horrific, but we'll give Bourne credit for the play. And I do think he might be as – you know, him, maybe Mills. I'm trying to think of guys that early on I had kind of negative or limited expectations for that they've grown since then. They've done a better job. Because you remember how bad he, he he dropped a lot of balls. Like, he was not consistent. Was supposedly, our, Mike Girardi said he lost, dropped a lot of passes in San Francisco. We haven't well, really seen it much this year. No, and I give him credit for that. And he, he talked about ball security and the way that they've taught him to be more secure with the ball. Maybe they've worked on some things in terms of the hands and the catching. Or maybe, not the San Francisco part, but maybe for the summer, maybe there was some of that he was still thinking didn't know mm-hmm. the plays you know wasn't just out there playing and taking his natural abilities to the field um but he's he's the guy that i would have hope i said it last week i think or two weeks ago you know the chris hogan mm-hmm. two touchdowns 180 yards in a playoff game he's the guy that i would now circle as that potential impact playmaking wide receiver weapon for them come january I, I, would, I would agree with that. And I think they're going to need it. I don't think you can, you can't rely on the running game to carry you in January. It, it just, you can't, you can't do it. You need, you're going to, there's going to be times, especially if we haven't even seen this part yet. If they're down by 10 points, you know, at halftime, how are they going to come back? They're going to need players like Bourne to do that. And it, like Edelman said it a couple weeks ago, and you don't want to like say, you're going to go up there and say, all right, Patriots, like go down 10, nothing. We want to see how Mac responds. Right. That is something I do want to see, though. I want to see how not only Mac, but just the offense in general. How does Josh handle it? How does the other, how does the backs handle it? How does the whole, that whole unit handle it? Because they've been very blessed over this win streak to really control every single game. And a lot of them have never really been in depth. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think you got to, you didn't get a sampling of that yesterday. I do think there's something to be said for they realized they didn't have a running game mm-hmm. and it became a passing game for Mac. And they were good enough in that. Like, yeah, he missed throws. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. Red zone, blah, blah, blah. But they did They did have to throw the ball to win yesterday. Uh, Damian Harris, in particular, did nothing. I mean, he had the, the two late, re- meaningless garbage time runs, the touchdown late. Um, and those 21 yards got him to 40 yards. Same thing with Stevenson, the, the drive before that. He got yep. all of his yards there. Yep. Yeah, they, they did not run the ball. Um, and, again, it's a good run defense. There's no fault in that. But you do have to say – because I think we were building towards, or at least I was, maybe they can just run the ball on anybody to some degree. Maybe they will, like, well, now you have to say, well, when they face a really good run defense like the Titans, the really good run defense beat them. The really good run defense showed up more than they showed up. Um, but it's all, like, 
it's funny when you were talking about seeing them down 14 and I've said the same thing. And it's also like, well, on the one hand, you want to see it because seeing is believing. How do they handle it? On the other hand, if you never see it, that's a really good sign because <laughs> like they've not put themselves in that situation. They have tough games on the schedule, right? Yeah. Tennessee, Buffalo, Colts, Buffalo. Those are all chances where the other team's a playoff team. So they could all go up 14. If you never see that, well, maybe you say, I guess they're good enough. So we'll never find out if they go down 14, how they're reacting. Right. right. Um, not likely because I mean, the Ravens are the perfect example. They've played that way in recent years. And then all of a sudden the playoffs they're down and you get, or the, the chiefs and they're down, they got to come back. So that happens to even the best of teams in the postseason. But um, I think this was a positive overall step forward for Mac, no run game, cold weather, snow, and I thought he performed more than well enough. Uh, defensively, I, like how much do you really want to, like, are you going to get all over them for the run defense? Like, it wasn't great, but, like, it's just a one oh, game. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. It sucked. Don't, don't no, say it wasn't no. great. It sucked. Okay. It sucked. And they, they give some players that sucked. Well, I mean, I haven't rewatched the game for the All-22 but the fact that God Chow, who we had talked about, you know, nose tackle, he was on the field for 78% of the snaps, I think. They were trying to stop the run. It's not like they just decided we're going to let the other team run the ball. That, that I think they were trying to stop the run, and they did God Chow said when they had, what, four tight ends active, two fullbacks active, we knew they were right. going to run the ball. <laughs> you knew they were going to run the ball. They ran the ball. You tried to stop them from running the ball, and they still ran the ball. Mm -hmm. So I don't just give them a pass or a one-game – thing um this isn't like <clears throat> you know over over the years there was this uh, thought of tom brady if you're a defense against tom brady's patriots let him run the ball you know paul pearl used to always say just let him run i'd much rather you you run it because you're going to slow the game down i got a chance to keep it close whatever then tom brady drops back 45 times you score 45 points and i get blown out that's not the case you weren't letting them run the ball because you know it was part of an overall game plan to win they, uh, they ran the ball because they ran the ball really well with two backup running backs for 100 yards. I was going to say, it wasn't like it was Derrick Henry or anyone else. It was uh, backups that were not playing as of three weeks ago. Correct. Deonta Foreman and Dalton Hilliard. Um, and particularly the, the, the biggest play was a quirky play, yes, to some degree. But it can't happen. Like, you don't – I mean – Especially in that situation. I don't – I don't know that I can remember that play happening. I'm talking about the end of the second quarter, third down, they run a draw, which I think Charles Davis referred to on the broadcast as a give up draw, quote unquote, except the give up draw, the Patriots gave up 68 yards on in a touchdown and Devin McCourty just got run. By, I don't know if it was a mental mistake, a physical mistake, a little bit of both. He ran right by him. Like he was standing still like bad angle. Didn't have the speed to get to where he thought he was going to have to get to. Um, you know what it reminded me a little bit of? It didn't end up was the uh, the Ray Rice touchdown in the playoff game 18 million years yeah. ago where the game was over immediately. It was it was a back-breaking type run, and I give them credit. It didn't break their back. Made it 16. Oh, they, they, they bounced back very well. That, well could have been, that could have easily have shifted. Sort of bounced back well. J.C. Jackson bounced back well because Deontay Foreman – broke off another long run, which I think was churning towards the Titans momentum being on their side early in the second half. And then obviously JC Jackson runs up from behind punches the ball out. Jay Jalen Mills recovers. And I think the game kind of spiraled out of control for the Titans thereafter, but no, 
to start where you started, I, I don't give them any kind of pass for the run defense. It was horrifically bad, and that's not okay. Agreed. Um, JC Jackson, I guess we got to mention him. Like the turnover, like you want to say like the ball just finds him, but like he has something to do with it. You know yep. what I mean? Like, yes, he gets a lot of deflected interceptions. <sighs> he gets a lot of balls that just fall in his hands and in the right place at the right time. But when you have, t- what is it, 20? 20- 21 interceptions since 2019 like that's that's pretty damn good yeah no I I don't it's not a accident or coincidence a lot of guys do this for one year you'll see like you'll read like good cornerbacks and they'll have that breakout 10 pick year mm-hmm. or something he does it every year it, it's what he does I think he actually said that last night in one of his quotes it's what I do um but he, it it's not cocky if it's the truth right <laughs> just like a couple weeks ago I think we're one of the best teams in the league well Look at the stat. What it is, <laughs> right? So, um, and I thought Bill said it this morning more in terms of the the chase down play for the forced fumble, but like speed is a factor. Like he's quick enough, fast enough to be around the ball, knows where he's supposed to be, um, has good hands. That's the other thing. Like we could say the same thing about Kyle Van Oy, except he dropped the pick that hit him in the hands. Like right. I don't even know if I remember the last time. JC dropped a, an opportunity, yeah, like a chance. So he maximizes his chances and we've said it before. We'll say it again. Dude's going to get paid somewhere. Not here. Probably not, but I mean, I don't want to get it, make this an off season thing, but people keep saying franchise and franchise with what money. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think if you're going to sign him, I mean, if you want to keep him, I think you're better off signing him and spreading the the hit out over multiple years so you don't have an 18 million dollar cap number until the back end of the deal till the fourth or fifth year of the deal not an 18 million dollar cap number next year when you have no money and all the cap numbers for the guys you signed last year are actually jacking up and yeah no that doesn't make sense but uh for the here and for the now he's really good um let's go the other like there wasn't any other stars really on the defensive side like judon had the sack but he also had the roughing the passer and the offsides penalty the the front seven wasn't great because of the run like i guess kyle duggar was okay again continues to grow but there wasn't any other defensive players that really stood out i thought um kyle duggar had another big hit um on that weapon that is hollister the former patriots uh practice squatter um yeah the judon sack early i thought was huge i thought that whole sequence early like the the penalty the penalty changed everything Ever, well, all the penalties, the penalty on the kickoff backs him up. Then you get a sack, backs him up. Then the penalty on the punt. It was I a 30, thought, 33 yard uh, differential. Yeah, you, you, you're the underdog. You're undermanned. You're in a tough spot. And the first time Mac Jones touches the ball, he's on your 37 or something like that. All because of avoid. It, it's nothing happened. Like it was all avoidable on your mm-hmm. part. You just, you didn't play well and, and, uh, Vrabel fixated on that too. His opening comments of his yeah, said, turnovers and penalties, turnovers, penalties in the kicking game, you know, field position, like that was all early right out the gates. And that's, I think the frustrating thing. If, if you're Mike Vrabel is as much as you give them credit for toughness and being game and fighting, they just made a ton of stupid mistakes, bad plays mm-hmm. that led to it being in the end a blowout loss. Um, but yeah, I thought that Judon sack early helped set the tone. Uh, for the defense and in that situation and then they score and now the titans are undermanned they're chasing the, the whole day um yeah I, I mean i wouldn't say anybody was dominant 
defensively. They were around the football enough to make the plays they needed to. Um, some of that's luck. Some of it's hustle. Like Jalen Mills, if he's not there to recover the fumble, right. it just rolls out, out of bounds. bounds. Yep. And now the Titans keep possession after a 30-plus yard run. And who knows where things um, uh, go from there. But nobody on the front seven in terms of the run game can you give credit to because – I'm sorry, you gave up 270 yards on the ground. You're all part of the problem. Quickly looking ahead to the game against Buffalo. Obviously, very important when it comes to division and playoff seating. Once again, they catch another break. Travis White up for the year with a torn ACL. So that number one ranked defense is now losing one of their best players. Um, what are your early thoughts on the game, Reed? Like, how important is it? Like, just early thoughts. Well, it's interesting because on paper, you were going to force – Josh Allen into throwing the ball because you were a good run defense. They're a team that doesn't run the ball. They've been having Singletary Moss issues all year. Last week, they started to, to come out of it maybe a little bit with Breida, who's taken over a bigger role for them, Matt Breida. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and what the Bills look at. Do they look at the Patriots as a great run defense that they shouldn't even try running against? Or do they look at the Patriots as a run defense that just gave up 270 on the ground? Um, and that's a weak spot. And can we take advantage of that to then set up play action pass and Josh Allen? Um, it, it's a challenge skill wise. They're not, they're not the Cowboys when you played them, but I think they have a little bit more depth of weapons in the passing game than some of the offenses you've played of late is certainly the banged up offenses from Atlanta and Tennessee. So we've talked about the bills might be a team that can challenge the depth of your secondary, the depth of your cornerback position, um, you know, J.C. Jackson, if, if he's on, you know, first of all, man zone, whatever. But if J.C. Jackson is, is a digs matchup, well, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, Colby's like they have a little depth. Even Knox has been making plays for them. Mm -hmm. um, they could challenge the depth of your pass defense in a way that hasn't been challenged a lot. Their offensive line is not great. So that could be advantage Patriots in terms of that matchup. So, I mean, it's an interesting game. You're going into a tough environment on the road. This, this is the biggest game of Mac Jones's career so far, I would say. Monday night football in Buffalo, division on the line, AFC top seed on the line. Um, so this is an interesting spot. Who I didn't haven't checked the weather, but, you know, could be a weather game, could be sure. cold. Um, so I, I think this is this is a measuring stick or whatever kind of game you want to call it. Um, the bills at one point in time were the team to beat in the AFC. Um, that's what I think is funny. Like I actually heard, I think it was the Sunday night football pregame show, Dungy and breeze. They were talking about what we've been talking about. So, uh, this week, who's the best team in the AFC and like drew breeze says the Bengals all of a sudden are the, but he's in. Peter King said the Patriots. So every, right. everyone has a different team and, and you can make a case for every, you know, these guys aren't wrong. They're not hot takes. They're kind of nope. just. Whoever you think is playing the best, really, it's, it's up to your own opinion. There's no and I, wrong answer. And neither, none of the people on the show mentioned the Bills or the Chiefs, which I think is in, interesting because, yeah, you can argue against them, but you can argue that they were there last year. They're kind of, they have the quarterbacks. Maybe they're going to figure it out over the next month who they are. Um, but the AFC is wide open. And because of that, this game is even bigger than it would normally be based on everything else. So it's a huge game. It should be a fun game. Like I'm really looking forward to this matchup and you get a little bit of the Dable Belichick thing. Dable mm -hmm. pulled off upsets in the past. There's, there's sort of a lot of uh, layers to this one that I, I think are going to be fun. 
Well, we'll have what, what we got six more, seven more days to pick through those layers for the Monday game. Um, everything will be pushed for extra day of practice for the Patriots. Oh, another, yep. another minor thing, I guess we haven't touched on it. The Colts game moved to a Saturday game. Um, so they Patriots don't have another Sunday game until the Bills game back at Gillette um, after Christmas. But just the tough schedule coming up. Yes, you have your bye, but you have like the Colts. Yes, they lost to the Bucks, but they're a team that seems to be coming up. So you have another big game coming up in two weeks after your bye. So every game the rest of the way is very important. Right. Night games. You know, Monday yeah. night football, Sunday, uh, Saturday night football. So some of that challenge, uh, Jonathan Taylor didn't get out for the season or anything. I, I thought for sure that would be coming the way the season's been going. Jonathan Taylor would get hurt. Oh, well, there's a couple more games before that. So may, maybe that'll be a possibility. Uh, one other thing I did want to touch on, um, two guys last night that continued in their post-game comments to kind of endear themselves to me, um, Mac Jones and Matt Judon, uh, because they're just uh, – there's no pretense to them, I feel like. Mac Jones, you know, you took that big hit after your scramble. Oh, you mean the one where I thought I had the first down? I mean, I thought I – like the fact that he just openly brought that up to me was the anti-Brady. All I could think of was Brady holding up four fingers and then pretending he didn't forget what down it was and then admitting like a year later that, yeah, I actually forgot what down it was. Mac Jones is just joking. He's like so – he's rookie mistake. Rookie yeah. mistake. Yeah, I, I really – I appreciated that. I liked that. And then – Matt Judon, who in the whole talk of his roughing the passer call, the penalty, like he said at one point, yeah, my reaction is usually to yell and whine for a little bit. And then he's like, but they're right. They're protecting the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are important to our league. I could have rolled off a little bit. Like he's just so honest, matter of fact, like, I don't know. Both of those comments stood out to me as just, and then Bill talking about it, like, Bill seems very much okay with all these new rules and protecting quarterbacks and yeah, which is, and even the uh, cut blocking, which I yeah. thought, yeah, like basically just talk and and I hadn't thought of it, but he's right. And this was on our station this morning in talking about it. He said it's like the defenseless receiver rule. Like there were all those penalties. Now you barely see those anymore because the players have adjusted and the hit mm -hmm. zone and the there's no late hits. And I do think, you know, if you want to get Fred Smurless, Harry Hardo, football guy. Um, the game's less physical. There's opportunities where in the old days, guys would have lit, lit up the other player and they don't. And if you like that, there's less of that in the game. It's kind of like hockey. You know, there's less fighting. There's less goons. They've cleaned up the game, CTE, all of that. But he's right. People just adjust. And as much as we bitch about it, like I didn't, I didn't like the call on Judon. I didn't, to me, he hit him like that's football. Like he didn't, yeah, I, I didn't really care for it either. But the way that he was just so accepting of it as kind of, yeah, that's, that's, that's business and it's good for business. He's probably thinking, you see, you know, the NFL's a business and the quarterbacks help make the money. And when the quarterbacks make more money, I make more money for chasing those quarterbacks and we're right. all making more money and we're all happy kind of mentality. So both those guys, Judon and uh, uh, first of all, Judon's just likable. Like he's just always he happy. And, and his thing where he does um, the, every reporter, he says his name, post-game press conference and everything. Stupid little thing, but I've always said, if you smile at a reporter and say his name, you own him. You own him for life. Like He, he feels like you treated him like a human being and not a piece of crap on the bottom of your shoe. And uh, So I, I give those guys props for that. All right. Uh, we'll have a midweek podcast, probably our usual uh, Thursday, probably. Oh, crap. It's a Monday night game. Yeah, what's the schedule this week? Like You don't know. So. Probably Thursday. Middle of the week. We'll, we'll have our, a pull up. Like, 
Yeah, I was just trying to think like of our big days, when we'll be down there, when press conferences will be. It's like, you know, Correct. not to talk about how the sausage is made, but usually I go down on Wednesday, you go down on Thursday, we have our press conferences and is that going to be not like Bill, but on this week, Wednesday's Thursday, Friday's Thursday, Saturday's Friday. So I'll probably be there Thursday. If things go like that, but you never know down there. They they like to, to throw us curveballs every every now and then. I'll be driving there on, on Wednesday and they'll say, no, it's actually been changed to Thursday five minutes before. But it was supposed uh, to be yeah, that's an, uh, certainly a possibility. We'll have a midweek podcast. Yes. Sometime during the week. We'll have a biggest podcast. game of the year. Yes. No question. Well, I mean, there is some question. You played Tom Brady. That was yeah. the biggest game of the year for a while. In terms of the standings. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I agree. And, and this is, this is a big one for the bills. I think this is a, on the field, it's probably a bigger one for the Patriots, but in the big picture of Bills, like we took over the division last year, are we the team to beat in the AFC East for the foreseeable future? We have our quarterback who's making $240 million. Oh, crap. Is your quarterback who's making $3 million actually better than our quarterback who's making $240 million? Correct. This is a big one for the Bills. This is a big um, you-know-what measuring contest for the Bills. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later in the week. Talk to you later. Peace out.